You are listening to the Whatsoever 168 podcast with Jen Renault. Well, hello, a long time welcome back to the Whatsoever 168 podcast. This flu about toppled us here at the Chateau Renault, but we're back and we're so glad that you're here too. I have an exciting guest for you today, but before I introduce her, be sure to subscribe and follow our podcast. Don't forget to leave a comment to keep in touch and be sure to share your favorite episode with a friend or two or three. I know you'll want to share this episode. It's filled with laughs and information and light. And you are certain to enjoy this next episode with my guest who is following in her parents' footsteps in being a lifelong parishioner at her church and school that they helped to build. Our guest is a beautiful lector at her church, an integral member on their arts and environment team, and a master seamstress who is using her gifts in a powerful and unique way. I cannot wait for you to meet her, but a quick little side note that at the last three minutes, something happened to lower our mic intake. So be advised that the sound is a little bit softer then. So heads up and turn up that volume at the very end. But for now, and without further ado, and no need for volume control yet, I introduce to you the one and only Mary McCarthy. So here we are sitting with my good buddy, Mary McCarthy, all the way in Rockledge, Florida. How are you doing today, Mary? I'm doing great. Thanks, Jen. I'm so glad to be sitting here with you. I'm smirking as I introduce you and get started. But before I introduce you, I'd like to just go ahead and jump right in and learn a little bit about your ministry, your whatsoever project, because I know that our listeners are thinking strictly purely about the corporal works of mercy from Matthew 25, which this podcast is premised on, whatsoever you do to the least of my people, that you do unto me. But your ministry, your whatsoever project is unique, and so I was hoping you could tell our listeners about that today. Well, I started sewing at a very young age, and I've been sewing all my life, and in fact, I even have a sewing business, which I'm actively doing uh, most of the time. But I sew for the church, because if you think about it, the church needs a lot of uh, decor and materials and textiles to help celebrate the Mass and all sorts of things that go on in our church. And so a couple of years ago, our pastor asked me to do some small sewing projects, and I was certainly glad to do that. And the next thing I know, the projects are getting bigger and bigger. And so I now make vestments for the church. Wow. And prior to that, I was doing like altar cloths and altar stoles and things like that because uh, the way the church is decorated and the presentation of the environment is really important. And so once the church finds out that you know how to sew, (laughs) you you get real busy. And it's been a lot of fun. And so basically, I sew for the church. I can't believe that. So I know that you've been sewing for our church, but I didn't know that you're up, you're doing vestments now and stoles and they must yeah, think I got you're pretty promoted. special. <laughs> you got promoted. <laughs> I started out doing um, purificators, which are the small white cloths that are placed on the altar where the chalice goes and, and things like that. And then um, I was asked to do some altar stoles, which are the skinny banners that hang over the altar as well as at the ambo. See, I already I know all these turns because I learned a lot of so terminology fancy. and stuff, you know. So anyway, and then uh, recently I was asked to make some vestments. Uh, so I feel like I got promoted to vestments, and it's really fun. And working with these fabrics is really neat because they are uh, decorative and they're gold and 
bright colors. And so not only is it nice to be able to do this for my church, but it's really fun because the fabrics and the colors that I'm working on are really interesting uh, to get my hands on. So. so you've been sewing for the church only these past three years with our new priest? Yes. So you've nev- you haven't you have sewn for the church. Is that good grammar? Haven't sewn. Yeah, I'm an English teacher. I, I should know yeah, that. I think you got that right. Okay. You only started three years ago sewing for the church. I think so, yeah. Oh, I thought you'd been sewing for a church all this time. I can't think of any particular projects that I was asked to do prior to this, no. I may have been doing, I had done some alterations for the priests that came before, you know, they needed their pants hemmed and things like that. Because when you sew, when you have a particular skill like that, it, the work just gets around and people just know. And everybody Mary, you know, the one, and Mary, the sewing lady. Mary will do it. She'll do anything. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's hilarious. So you just got involved just within the past three years with our new, new priest then. Yes. And so do you think, and this really isn't one of the questions that I wanted to ask you, but in, in light of what you just brought forth, in sewing for the church, do you find that it helps you to focus a little bit more and, and be a little more engaged in the liturgy? Well, yeah, first of all, because I understand much more why we have certain colors at certain times of the liturgical year. And uh, I mean, I got to admit, it's pretty gratifying to go to Mass and, and look at, up at the altar and say, wow, you know, I made that. That's, that's pretty cool. Although I try not to get my ego in there too much. Sure. It's really gratifying to know that something that the gift that God gave me is something that I can contribute to church in a practical way. And I think that's really gratifying. So you don't want me standing up after Mass when Father Ivan's like, so let's give a round of applause to the altar servers and the lectors and the cantors. I'll be like, hey, Mary. She just sewed your vestment. You don't want me to do that. <laughs> well, you know, I got. Well, when he wears a vestment like a daily mass, I, I, I've gone up to them and said, "Boy, you, you sure look sharp today." You know, and we have a laugh. I mean, of course. But um, there has there had there was a nice thank you for collectively what we call the Art and Environment uh, Committee, and that's what this ministry is is about. If you want to call it a ministry, that's what this falls under, because the Art and Environment Committee is responsible for decorating the church and making sure that all the details of the materials and textiles and things like that are uh, ready and available. When we had our 100th anniversary for the church, our pastor was very good about thanking all the people that contributed, including the Art and Environment Committee. And so with that being said, and you brought up a few things, a few terminologies, Before we jump ahead, are there any special sewing terms that we need to know as we go forward with this interview? Because I want to make sure that you're not speaking Greek or, you know, like the Navajo language. Like I know about (laughs) basting and like a seam ripper. I know a lot about seam rippers. Well, I'm not very good at sewing. Yeah, yeah. You know a lot about the seam rippers, my BFF. That's and um, but styles. Do you have you talked about textiles? Do you have any certain fabrics or any certain patterns that you like to work with? Not necessarily. Uh, when I first started doing this, I had to get an idea of what our pastor was looking for and look at some of the existing vestments and church materials and go search out what I thought would be appropriate for that. So the materials can be very simple, like the plain colors, and they can also be very elaborate. And there are a few sources that I found, and they're called liturgical fabrics. Oh, wow. And so. Yes, and they are specifically designed to adorn churches. And so I was able to find out those sources. And then you also have what we call support materials. 
So when you have something that needs some structure, like a banner that's hanging off the ambo, you have to, people that know how to sew, it's called interfacing, or some other kind of structure, or it might be something that you have in a jacket, uh, a garment that helps support it. So if the material's kind of thin, which a lot of times it is, you need something to support the material on the inside so that it behaves the way you would like it to. But that's about the only thing. The only terminologies that I'm really thinking about are the terms uh, from the church, what these materials and stoles and ambos and things are called. So that's the part that I feel like is new terminology for me that I've learned. I feel like Mary's just been speaking trigonometry to me right uh -oh. now. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> but I do like the part that the, the fabric has to behave. I can imagine there's a lot of fabric that needs to go to timeout, huh? <laughs> well, some of them are really ravelly, and some of them don't press as well as others, things like that. So it's really a it was a learning curve because I hadn't really worked with these fabrics too much in the past. So it took three or four times before I was really able to understand how much material I needed and what I needed and to just go forward with the project. So I have to tell you, you know, the fifth one I did went a lot faster and smoother than the first one I did. There's no doubt about that. The fifth time a charm. <laughs> Something like that, yes. Okay. Yes. Do you find yourself now when you travel and you go to other churches, do you find yourself looking at the arts and environment a little bit differently now? Yes. I was <laughs> just in Miami this past weekend and we went to Mass and it was a beautiful service. But I felt like the inside of the church, to be honest, was extremely plain. Um, so we won't name that church. <laughs> we will not. But I was also aware that I need not be critical because uh, the mass can be celebrated in a whole host of ways. And so, while the so I guess I, I want to say, while the environment is supposed to put us in the right frame of mind to worship, in the end, it's what's going on with your connection to Jesus rather than just the environment. Although it is helpful. So, yeah. It de definitely enhances. Yeah, definitely it does. Enhances. It does. And that's its purpose. Exactly. So let's walk this back just a little bit. So you shared your whatsoever project and how you were, how do you, what do you call that? You were called, you were drafted, you were voluntold that you're going to do this ministry. But prior to this ministry, how did you get involved with sewing, like the person behind this sewing machine? Well, I kind of feel like I've come full circle with this ministry over the past three years. But I started sewing when I was about eight years old, and I really loved it. And my parents were uh, gracious and smart enough to encourage me to do this. And so I feel like I've sewn all my life. And in fact, I went to college and studied fashion design and merchandising. And that was a very fun thing because uh, I got to sew my way through college. And then um, I got into corporate life uh, for several years. And I started my sewing business uh, about 30 years ago. And it was after a lot of soul searching and frustration with the fact that corporate life just wasn't for me. And I just thought, I just wanna wake up and look forward to going to work every day. It was My prayer was pretty simple. And so I was able to work out how to start a business out of my home and it just went from there. And uh, the beautiful thing is that um, I grew up in this parish where I'm at now at St. Mary. and. To be able to sew for them after growing up here and receiving the encouragement from my parents who are also very devoted to this parish and our uh, our life here, our family life here. It's again, it's really gratifying to be able to give this skill back to the church that I attend now as well as the one that I grew up in. So that feels really good. What a beautiful story. Hmm. I wanna jump in right here. Mary and I met about 10 years ago on a Chrysler News's parish retreat. Has it been that long? It wow. has been. Okay. It, yes, that was Team 10, S.A. Mary. Yeah. I was on the team, and I was one of the speakers, and we met, 
and it wasn't until after for Team 11 where I kind of got suckered in staying on and you jumped on and I remember uh, Mary's dying over here because she's like I don't know where Jen's going with this I don't remember this but I remember sitting at a table talking with you and some of the other ladies and something came up about your sewing and you and I were chatting and then you're like oh yeah I sewed your wedding dress and I turned to you I was in shock because I'm really good with faces and not as much with names unless I'm at my job where I have to know names and when I was teaching school and I have to know names obviously. But I remember looking at you and thinking, you sewed my wedding dress. So as I pressed you a little further, things started clicking and you were looking a little more familiar. But I remember turning to my mother later and going, was I a bridezilla? I thought it was really simple. I even think that I came here because we are in Mary's sewing room right now doing this interview and I think that I had just come off the beach surfing and there was sand all over me and I'm trying on this wedding dress and looking back I'm thinking oh my gosh so I've known this woman longer than just the past three weeks after the retreat do you remember that I don't remember that conversation at all but I do remember (laughs) well I'm thinking while you're talking you know brides-to-be are a little bit busy and they got a lot of things going on in their minds but I remember very well that you came here to my office to have your wedding gown altered and I remember that very well and I just remembered probably because I left a bunch of beach sand on her floor it's like this crazy bride well I wouldn't but at have, least she I wasn't crazy she was that. just sandy well I have a beach a big beach picture here <laughs> in my office so the sand just would have made things a little more authentic I was helping yes. with the ambiance yeah yeah it does okay so now we know about your ministry how you got involved the person behind this ministry I'd like to know a little bit more, and I think the listeners would like to know a little bit more about what are your plans for the future. I know that you're not that eight-year-old little girl anymore, and we do. I <laughs> sometimes I am, but go ahead. <laughs> we're having fun here, and we're not. Okay. It's not even five o'clock, guys. Okay. So, what are some of your goals? I know that I know that you're not sewing pillows, right. and no, that was no shot on my guest from episode six. She's just getting started in her little ministry, but I know that you're not you're not sewing pillows that you've moved on you're doing these vestments so do you have any short-term goals for this ministry or any plans for this ministry or even with just with your sewing in general well I always have deadlines to meet and I have a lot of dead deadlines to meet in my in in working on bridal gowns uh, this time of year I think I just want to keep doing what I love to do because I think it's really a blessing and a gift if you find work that you get up in the morning and you still like to do after so many years. And uh, I never take that for granted. I can't sew the way I used to, eight, 10 hours a day. But I also really have enjoyed in the past and still do um, sharing what I know with others. So I really like to teach sewing and I like to teach more advanced skills in garment sewing. I'm really not a quilter at all, but I admire that a lot. So the people who sew garments need to know how their garments how to get their garments to fit well and that's a challenge and anybody listening who sews even a little bit their garments I think you know what I'm talking about (laughs) Uh, most of us are not perfect size six models that go down the runways and so my specialty is helping people learn how to fit their garments and fit their patterns before they sew their garments and so I'm trying to do that here in my office on a regular basis just a very small two or three number of people but I also travel and teach sewing in a variety of uh, topics and techniques so I'm not really of the beginner sewing part I really am um, more interested in helping people improve the skills they already have 
Gotcha. So a funny little story. I'm sitting here smirking as you share that about making these Jen clothes Jen always fit. smirks. <laughs> That's part of who she is. It's very charming. <laughs> <laughs> so when I had John and I, John is my wonderful husband. When he and I had our son Noah, who's now 17, wow. I think it was Noah's second Valentine's Day. So I got, and I had a sewing machine. I don't know what I'm doing with my sewing machine. I can just sew straight lines. But I decided, I went to the store and I got this cute little heart fabric and it's soft. And I said, I'm going to make my boys matching boxers. (laughs) And I have Noah somewhere. And I didn't know how to make like the butt. (laughs) So I'm cracking up now because God bless my husband. He put on these boxers that he should never ever wear anywhere outside of our home and you know of course Noah was just a little guy so he looked really cute in his and John was kind of crammed in and just kind of contorted and that just reminded me I probably should have taken one of Mary's classes (laughs) with the garments the garments class and I'm totally off track now but that's okay so actually you kind of caught us up you did your short-term goals but the short-term goals kind of have morphed into the long-term goals is that you are hoping basically to help others with the skill set that you have maybe impart some of that wisdom that you've had all these years with that as well is that correct yes to keep people sewing uh, and not to get discouraged if it gets a little more challenging when you're challenging because you're trying to sew garments that don't fit the way they used to which is just the truth for all of us since you're teaching these people I, i had a quick question just came to mind Do you find yourself still learning yourself? I know you said you really don't like to quilt, but even just within your own area of expertise, do you find yourself still learning? Well, yeah, the the great thing about what I do is, uh, which which, by the way, in my sewing business, I just do alterations. I stopped making wedding gowns and bridesmaids gowns about seven years ago because I was so busy, I just couldn't do all of it. And I decided that alterations would keep me plenty busy. And I actually love doing alterations because when you get inside a garment and you see how it's been put together by the manufacturer, you learn something new every mm-hmm. time you work on a project. To me, it's like solving a puzzle mm-hmm. because you have to go inside and figure out how to undo something and then fix it and how to put it back together and make it work. And I just find that fascinating. I know a lot of people who sew, they say they hate alterations. So maybe it's a love-hate thing. Mm. Alterations uh, is one of the most popular classes that I teach, as a matter of fact, because it's very practical. I mean, how many times do you go to the store and you buy something and it's too long or it's not quite right and you just want to fix it? So, And let me tell you, Jesus definitely works through Mary's hands because <laughs> another little side note, I brought my youngest daughter, Cassie, in here to have her first communion dress altered. We come in the door, Cassie jumps behind the little shade, out she comes, and Mary goes, see, it's already altered. And silly me, I hadn't tried it on beforehand, I didn't think it would fit properly. And I was like, wow, Mary, you're amazing. And (laughs) you made some little comment about how quickly Jesus works through you in this little sewing room. And I just had to laugh. I don't know if you remember that. I didn't have to do a thing. She just went into my magic little dressing room and out she came into work. (laughs) So that's must have been what happened there. That's exactly what happened. However it works, as long as it works, yeah. And the price is right, too. Yeah, there you go. So real quickly, do you sew for yourself at all now? Well, I still like to sew for myself because, again, it's hard to get things to fit really well, but I don't sew as much as I would like for myself because I've always got somebody else to sew for. But I do alter a lot of clothes for myself. I think I have this thing where 
when I buy something, I can't just wear it the way it is. I have to mess with it a little bit and make it my own. And so I tweak the neckline or I raise the hem up a little bit or something like that. And then I put it on and I just feel like it's my very own because I just tweaked it a little bit. And so, it is your very own. Well, yeah. Okay. So what gifts or skills would a person need to be effective in a sewing ministry like yours? Well, obviously you have to have some basic sewing skills, but when I was thinking about this question, Jen, I kind of put it in a bigger context. And I think anybody that has sort of an, for lack of a better phrase, an artsy, craftsy kind mm -hmm. of skill, I think they just have to be open because if you can do something well, whether it's sewing or woodworking or art or painting, this is a gift that God gave you. And I think you'll do best with it and do it well if you allow God to guide you into how to use that skill. It may not be starting your own business. It may just be something that you do for others. Maybe you're an excellent cook or something. Any, any kind of skill that you have that's practical like that, that I like to call hands-on, is something that you can use to share with other people. And I think for me, I would say just be open to how God wants you to use the gifts he gave you and, and it'll come about. I didn't ask to do this ministry. I just was there and I was approached and the next thing I know I'm sewing for the church and so that's how it and came about. And you enjoy it. Yes. And you're much. good at it. Thank it's you. funny driving over you're welcome. In driving over here, I, I couldn't help but think of the verse in the Bible in Psalms. I think it's it's Psalm one hundred and thirty nine. And I know when I say it or some of the lines from it or the verses from it, excuse me, I, I think that you'll remember this is before I knew you, I knit you in your mother's womb. You are fearfully, wonderfully yes, made, it's right? it's one of my favorites, yes. And I thought of you and your sewing ministry, and it made me think about craftsmen, and you touched upon it with the gifts and talents that people need to have, but more than that, it's just the desire and the willingness to go where God's calling you. So with that verse in mind, before I knew you, I knit you in your mother's womb. So basically, that verse is saying that God knew who we were before we even knew we were a we right he knew exactly how that was all going to unfold and yet what he was going to make was exactly what he needed for that time and place so taking that that knitting and transferring it to what you're doing when you look at a fabric or you look at something that the priest is asking you to make can you look at that fabric before it's even a thing and see it kind of like like a woodworker like you said or a person who works with stone they say that when they make their images out of stone they can see it before they start chiseling mm -hmm. so when you look at that fabric can you see it come together that's a big question that's huh? a big question but but I'm thinking of my how my thought process begins to work as soon as I get a request the first thing I think about is I need to know I need to make sure I understand exactly what I'm being asked to do. And then I start thinking, okay, will this work? Is the motif on the gold and red fabric wide enough to accommodate this request to make a stole that's 10 inches wide? So I start going right into the details and I wonder if it's kind of annoying sometimes because as soon as we have an initial conversation about what I'm a project that I might be doing, I'm hitting right into the details and I want to take out my pencil and start writing down things so that I begin to understand what's involved. Because I have to know practical things like how big, how long, how wide, mm -hmm. how thick, all that kind of stuff. And uh, recently though, I said when I was asked to do something, I said, just tell me the end result and I will work on it and make it happen. So as long as I know exactly what's wanted 
or required in the end, then I will back up and start figuring out all the details that go into making it uh, look the way it should look. So awesome. That's my thought process. So it's almost like you start from the end and work. I work think so. Back, yeah. In a, in a sense. I got even when I work with a bride, I say, "Bring me a picture, no more than two or three pictures. <laughs> Show me exactly what you want, and um, we'll get there." So. When you sew, do you pray before you work, or is that part of your prayer? And I say that because of this. I remember years ago, I was in a mom's group, and the moms were kind of complaining about some of the little tasks, the numerous tasks that we do. And one of them was folding. And a mother had said to me, when I fold my child's clothes, I pray for that child. So if that child has a test that day. or, And so that transformed how I fold laundry now. So when I'm folding my husband's or my three children, I... If I know what's happening in their day, you know, sometimes I know a little more. I, my son's older, so obviously I don't know quite as much. So I'm like, okay, he's swimming today. Keep him safe. Don't let the lightning, you know, or Riley has a test or, you know, Cassie has soccer. Keep them safe. When you're sewing, do, are you able to transform that into a prayer? Well, that's that's an interesting question because the first, my f- initial prayer is, Sometimes when I have a complicated project, I say, dear God, help me not to mess this up. (laughs) Because the prayer might be, I don't have any extra fabric if I mess this up. Please help me get this right. Or equally as often, my prayer is, please help me get this done on time. And yes, I have found that it evolves into a prayer, especially if I'm working with brides. I mean, when you're getting married, it's such an important time. It's a sacrament. And I kind of develop a relationship with the brides that I work with because they have to come and see me two or three times, even if it's just for alterations. And so... It does become a prayer because I do think about the people that I'm sewing for, and I will say a prayer for everything in their wedding day to go smoothly or for their marriage to be successful. And so, yes, indeed, I do pray for uh, the people that I'm sewing for. It just kind of comes by itself. And, you know, that's beautiful. I know when this idea of praying through something that's a challenge, and when you turn that into a prayer, how it can be transformative. And so what a blessing that these brides, you're praying for them and they don't even know it. Well, they don't need to know. God knows, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So speaking of brides, it leads me to a question that um, I like to ask our guests, depending on what their ministry is. And not that we're teasing anybody or making fun of anybody, but we do know in ministry, there's always a story. Be it a story that is inspiring, be it a story that's life-changing for you, the person who's ministering, or maybe even a funny story. Do you have any of those stories that you're willing to share without naming names? I'm sure that all of the tasks I've done for the church have been smooth and without mishap, and I understood perfectly what our what our priests and pastors wanted. So um, I don't know, honestly, I can't think of anything in particular. But when you work with brides, of course, business side of what I do, there's always funny stories and uh, sometimes challenging stories. Okay, so she is protecting the. <laughs> identity of her brides and we're just going to leave it at that as she's giving me a face like please don't put me on the spot any further so i'm going to let you off the hook with that one let me let's dial it up and bring this a little more serious with your ministry and i can tell you once i learned that you were sewing for our church i looked at things differently i did i'm like oh that's my friend who did that and how beautiful is that and and i know this girl i can't sew a straight line but look at what my friend did and i think about all the ways and I know that, that this is not why you're doing this ministry, but you really, your ministry is blessing so many people because right off the bat, they walk into our church 
and they do see a beautiful arts and environment setting. And then to see the vestments that you make, and some of them are absolutely, I just look at them and think, how long does that take to make a vestment? How long does it take to make a, oh, a detailed vestment, um, approximately? Well, the, compared to some vestments that you can buy online or some that you see, they're pretty straightforward. If I had to calculate the number of hours, I would, from start to finish, probably 10 to 20 hours, I think. Wow. Yeah. So, Jen, it would yeah. be 120 to 30 <laughs> hours. So, let me get serious again. I didn't. I just wanted to ask that because I was curious. That's a wild guess. I really don't know, but something like that, probably. With your ministry, though, it is a blessing, and you are in some ways serving the people who are coming to our church. But it's important, too that we stay in the word, that we stay nourished as well, so that we can, or that you can, so and so in the right frame of mind. Obviously, I can imagine that that pedal goes a little harder and a little faster when you're in a rough mood, right? But when you're in that right mindset, I can imagine that the pedal flows smoothly, the fabric flows smoothly, there are no catches, there are no glitches, there's no need for a seam ripper. But what are you doing to be fed yourself so that you can then take this ministry and go out and be a light? One advantage to working for myself, and I live just a couple of blocks from the church, but prior to this, I was teaching at a, I have to back up a little bit, but prior to this, I was teaching at a design school in Orlando, and I was traveling to Orlando almost every day. Of course, I was a lot busier, and it didn't give me time to go to, ma- go to daily mass. When, that's, when the school closed and that job ended, I was back working in my office full-time, and I'm only a couple of blocks from the church, and so I have found that it really is a blessing to be able to go to daily mass because mm-hmm. I can work my own schedule, and I'm nearby, and and that's really done a lot for my uh, faith walk. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think it's a it's just a wonderful thing to be able to do that. You can't beat mass. No, it's nope. the it's the highest form of prayer, and I'm very blessed that I can do that because not everybody can. People have to get up early. they got to go to work. It's just a real blessing that I can do that. My grandfather used to have a saying. I didn't understand it when I was a kid. He said, everybody gets a turn. And I remember when I was a kid thinking, what in the world is crazy old man? But I realized, you know, before when you were driving to Orlando, it was not your turn to have the ability to go to daily mass. And now it's your turn. And you have the opportunity to pray for others knowing that it's not their turn to go to mass. So what a blessing that you get to go to mass every morning. I wish I were able to do that. I, I don't. It's not my turn yet for that. But you're doing something else with that time, of course. Yes, yes. That's a nice way to put it. Thank you. (laughs) I was looking at your business Facebook page, which we will get to in a minute. On that Facebook page, you put a beautiful quote. It's a really pretty picture. And this is what it said by a guy named Jerry. Jerry, I'm sorry I don't have your last name, but just know that we're giving you credit for this quote. And this is what Jerry's quote says. Work that orders even a small corner of the world toward beauty and the common good is a sort of participation in God's amazing work of creation. When I saw that, I thought, how beautiful. And why would Mary put that up there? I can speculate, but I'd like the listeners to hear that from you. That's really interesting that you brought that up because it's probably the only quote remotely like that that I've ever put on there. But work has always been a really important part of my life. And I think that when you find work that you're meant to do and that is gratifying, it changes your life. And my general prayer is is that that everybody finds work that they really love and enjoy doing. You know, I have nieces and nephews that are embarking on their careers, and it just occupies a, occupies a big part of my heart and mind for people to find work that they really like to do and to do it. 
We spend so much time working in our lives and work is a way to develop skills, to contribute to the greater good. And God wants us to work and he wants us to work in the thing that he has designed us to do. And I just think it's a really important part of our lives. And it's always been dear to me um, because again, we spend so much time at work and it shapes us and challenges us. And so that quote just hit me a couple of months ago. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to put this on there. I was a little hesitant because I try to be very neutral, if you will, on social media. And usually I just post work related things or sewing related things. But you know, to be honest, I went out on a limb when I put that out there. And so thank you for noticing that. Yes, I, I thought it was that. beautiful. And you hit on a good part is that you said that God wants us to work. We are called, yes, we are called to believe and to have faith, but we're also called to work. Sure. And so we're, we're also called to take that work and make that work bring greater glory to God. And you're definitely doing that with your sewing ministry. And I thank you for that. And before we start winding this down, I wanted you to have an opportunity to share with the listeners any projects or work or events that you would like to share with our listeners? Well, there's two things. Coming up a week from Saturday, I'm doing a bodice fit class here in my office. As I mentioned earlier, it's just two or three students. And it's really designed for people who want to sew their garments and have them fit better. And it's a hands-on class. It's a few hours. It's on a Saturday uh, from 9 to 12, and it is on the Facebook page, uh, Mary McCarthy Sews. And so it's really my way of just helping people do better at their sewing, at sewing garments. And then the other thing that I do, uh, this is something else that I started. I, we're in my office and I'm looking at a, a dress form, I should say a mannequin. And it has a vest on it, a man's vest, and it's made out of space-themed fabric. And this is something that I started a few years back. Um, it's called Cosmic Vest. Dot com and I make space-themed neckties and vests for people <laughs> who want to. After all, we are uh, we do live on the Space Coast. And I've been doing this for my husband who works at the Space Center for about, I've been making vests for him for about 20 years. And the idea caught on. And so a few years ago, I decided to make this available to other people. So is that why Patrick always looks so snazzy? That you, I should, why am I even asking you that question? Wait, that's another matter. Seriously. When you're married to a seamstress, you, you gotta look good. I mean, I can't have him going to mass and not looking nice and spiffy. Well, thank God what for that. What I say? Yeah, yeah. Because anyway. you know, a lot of mechanics, their cars don't work well, right? And the electricians, their electricity's not really, it's glitching. And the plumbers, but that doesn't apply here with seamstress, right? Right. Right. Hubby's got to look hot. <laughs> he's, he's a walking billboard for me, you know? <laughs> that, so that's what that's about. <laughs> Anyways, so, uh, so those are the two things that I like to do. Um, so let me, uh, let me walk this back mm-hmm. because I want to make sure the listeners yeah. catch this. Sorry. So your bodice fit. No, you're great. Bodice fit is a hands-on class. And just so we have the date right, because this is live for us, but it's not live. I think you said Saturday, November the 9th. Yes. And you said it's from 9 to 12. Is yes. that open to anybody who, obviously, I would not be taking that class. You know I love you, Mary, but you That's guys, okay, Jen. I would be there for entertainment. Okay. <laughs> this is for people with, I would say, intermediate uh, skills, sewing skills, who want to learn how to make their patterns fit better before they cut and sew them. P.S. A bodice is not where you put shorts and it's don't have a backside. It's the top of you. The top yes. of you. <laughs> a shirt. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's the bodice fit. Yeah, Saturday, yeah. November 9th from 9 to 12. And okay. they can reach out to you on your Facebook page, which we'll get to in a minute. Or the but, website. Mm-hmm. Or the website. Yeah. And then you have CosmicVest.com. 
And that's not just for men, though. Yes, is it for men? It's primarily for Prim- men, yes, I guess uh, so. bow ties, neckties, and vests. But I also take special requests. So I've made uh, dresses for women and vests for women. Pardon? With the space theme? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of space fabric. So you go on the site, you give me a couple of measurements, you pick a fabric that you like, and then it's custom made, and you get it in a couple of weeks. It's strictly online. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, how fun. Well, then that leads me to the next point. How can people get in touch with you? I have two websites. One is CosmicVest.com. Can you spell that, please? C-O-S-M-I-C-V-E-S-T dot com. Okay. And you just click on the contact button. The other website is Mary McCarthy Sews. You want me to spell that? Yes, please. Okay. M-A-R-Y-M-C-C-A-R-T-H-Y-S-E-W-S dot com. And then you're also on Facebook. Yes, with just Mary McCarthy Sews. Facebook, yes. Okay, we got you now. So what you ought to do is reach out to Mary, check out her website, check out her Facebook page. She does some amazing work, I can tell you. And her little shade back here is, I won't call it magical, just definitely Jesus lives in this sewing room. She's, she means sure. my little dressing room. It's just yes. a little screen. Yes. It's a little screen. We'll yeah. take pictures of it and put it on our <laughs> Facebook page here, social media shortly. So now we're drawing to an end, Mary. I'm so glad that you were here. Before we let you go, I'm treating you like I treat everybody else. We are the Whatsoever 168 podcast, and the 168 is premised after that number of hours in a week. And I think it's important that we make use of our hours, like my seventh grade religion teacher encouraged us to do, and Mm -hmm. make those hours count for Christ. And so how would you challenge our listeners for the next 168 hours? Did you know there were 168 hours in the week? I thought it was 160. uh, So the answer is no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the answer is no. Sorry. What I would challenge people to do, and this is something because I guess I spend a lot of time by myself. Some certain people that I'm praying for cross my mind. And I would just say if somebody crosses your mind, pick up the phone or and text or call them just to let them know that you're thinking about them. There's so many people that would love a quick phone call or text from somebody like you and just when you think of them, just just get in touch with them, just to say hello and say, hey, I was thinking about you. How you doing? So you heard it here from Mary McCarthy. Reach out to somebody, somebody who might not always have somebody reaching out to them and let them know that they matter. Let them know that they have value. Let them know that you definitely care. So thank you, Mary. What a beautiful challenge for all of us. I'm definitely going to get on that this week. Actually, I'm going to do that today when I leave here. Great. Okay. So we've wrapped it up. Any final words from you, Mary McCarthy? (laughs) This has been a lot of fun, Jen, and uh, thank you for um, inviting me to do this, and I hope it's well-received. It will be. It definitely will be. So thank you so much for being here on the Whatsoever 168 podcast. I look forward to uploading this episode sometime next week, and thank you so much for all that you do for our community, Mary. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Wasn't that fun? I knew you would love Mary. She is doing amazing things with just some thread, a needle, and her fancy schmancy sewing machine. I hope you were inspired like I was. Be sure to check out her amazing work on Facebook at Mary McCarthy Sews and also on the internet at www.marymccarthysews.com and www.cosmicvest.com. I will leave the links in our show notes for you as well. And while you're checking her out, be sure to share this episode with a friend and check us out on Facebook and on Instagram at whatsoever168podcast. Keep in touch and let us know your thoughts and how we're doing so far. Finally, 
In this month of gratitude, I just wanted to say thank you to my listeners. It has been a journey and an honor to bring this podcast to you. Please continue to pray for me as I will pray for all of you as well. And remember, whatsoever you do, be nice and make your next 168 hours count for Christ. So